Hello, and welcome to Footsteps, a podcast hosted by High Desert United Methodist Church in Rio Rancho, where our mission is loving God, serving others, changing lives. My name is Lisa, and today I'm here with Bruce to discuss a topic that I'm all too familiar with, stress. Bruce, what can you tell us about what stress is from a medical perspective? Well, stress is your body's response to anything that requires attention or action. When you face a perceived threat, the hypothalamus sends signals that result in a surge of stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol intended to help you protect yourself against serious threats to your well-being, such as those that put your life in danger. Of course, we need this to react to serious conditions. However, most of us experience stress that isn't life-threatening, and unfortunately, too much exposure to these stress hormones or continuous exposure can result in an increased risk of health problems such as anxiety, depression, headaches, heart disease, high blood pressure, and sleeping disorders. The way we respond to the stress in our life makes a big difference in our overall well-being. It's important to learn healthy ways to cope with stress. Sometimes the best way to manage stress is to change your situation. But that's not always possible. Sometimes the best way is to change the way you view and respond to the situation. Well, I've had a lot going on in my life recently. It got to the point where I was feeling overwhelmed and the stress was really getting to me. I knew I needed to do something to manage my stress when headaches, insomnia, and high blood pressure began to impact my health. I'm happy to say I'm doing better now, but it did take some work for me to feel like I had my life back under control. I know I'm not alone in getting overwhelmed or experiencing stress. Probably happened to you at least once in your life. Psychologists believe that at any given time, roughly one third of the population is stressed to the point of feeling overwhelmed. So what happens to all of us? And that includes the disciples. Bruce, do you want to share John 16, 1 through 11, please? Sure. I am telling you these things so that you will not turn away. You will be chased out of synagogues, and the time will come when people will kill you and think that they are doing God a favor. They will do these things because they do not know either the Father or me. I am saying this to you now so that when the time comes, you will remember what I have said. I was with you at first, and so I didn't tell you these things. But now I am going back to my Father who sent me, and none of you asks me where I am going. You are very sad from hearing all of this, but I tell you I am going to do what is best for you. This is why I am going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send the Spirit to you. The Spirit will come and show the people of this world the truth about sin and God's justice and judgment. The Spirit will show them that they are wrong about sin because they didn't have faith in me. They are wrong about God's justice because I am going to the Father and you didn't see me again. And they are wrong about the judgment because God has already judged the ruler of this world. Thank you, Bruce. Let's look back and see what transpired in the passage. 
So the whole Bible verse was Jesus speaking to the disciples. And seemingly out of nowhere, Jesus essentially told them, hey guys, there's some things I didn't mention yet. Um, the world's gonna hate you. Your place of worship's gonna turn on you. You might be killed. They'll at least try. And you better pay attention to what I'm saying to you because I'm gonna be leaving soon and what I'm telling you is really important. The disciples were probably thinking, wait, what? That's a lot to process all at once. Don't you think it caused them to be stressed? Maybe even overwhelmed? It seems safe to say that, that this caused them some stress among the disciples. Jesus understood that his words affected them emotionally. He picked up on great sadness. They were so stunned, they didn't even ask him where he was going. They may have even panicked just a little bit. But Jesus didn't want them to be stuck in this overwhelmed and stressed state. So he gave them some additional words to help ease their emotional discomfort. Interestingly, his suggestions map well to what psychologists suggest. Psychologists suggest three ways to combat the feeling of being overwhelmed. And I think the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples offer some concrete ways to accomplish this. So the first suggestion from psychologist is to change your perspective. That means to approach the situation from a different angle. Jesus gave them advice on this right away. I tell you, I am going to do what is best for you. This is why I'm going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. In other words, he told them that while it might seem like the situation he was describing was awful, it really wasn't. He was acting in their best interest, even though they didn't understand it. The way we apply this to our lives when we are stressed is to believe that Jesus will do what is best for us. In John 10:11, Jesus explained, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives up his life for his sheep. Some time ago, my daughter was an exchange student in France. For reasons we do not understand, the host mother took a dislike to my daughter. Over Thanksgiving weekend, everything fell apart spectacularly. The host mother got my daughter expelled from school and essentially confined my daughter to the house for a week until the student organization could get there and take her to another house. The week was filled with incredible anxiety with the host mother making it difficult to talk to my daughter and to support her. I was praying constantly for strength to support my daughter, for it was very difficult to get on a plane and travel several thousand miles at the drop of a hat. When she got out of the house, I was able to talk with her and determine that the complaints against her were in fact made up. The school backtracked and unexpelled her. Obviously, she couldn't go back to that school, so she was re reassigned to a different school. It taught me that if we trust in Jesus, we can overcome many obstacles. The next way to deal with being overwhelmed is to challenge your assumptions. When we're overwhelmed, we tend to let irrational thoughts and fears guide us instead of being logical. Challenging assumptions involves questioning the way we think about things and whether or not that that way is actually correct. So the disciples may have thought they were being abandoned in their time of need, but Jesus explained that the Holy Spirit would come and guide them. That challenged their assumptions. We too can challenge our assumptions. 
Things aren't always as they initially appear. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I know that times, many times, I feel dumbest when I size the situation up, make assumptions, conclude that I know exactly what happened, and then act. All too often, if I act on those assumptions, I find out I was missing some information. I was wrong. There was something that I didn't know or consider. I end up with egg in my face, and I have to apologize for my error in judgment. It is times like these that I wish I had stopped and prayed for guidance before plowing ahead with bad assumptions. The third way is to seek support. For us, that means to reach out to our social network and find someone who can help us work through the feelings of being overwhelmed. Jesus told the disciples that they could seek support in the Holy Spirit, who Jesus would send to help them out. The Spirit would clarify the truth regarding sin and justice and judgment. The same Spirit who was promised to help the disciples is available to help us as well. Plus, we can always count on prayer as our lifeline and ask for what we need in Jesus' name. The Lord is always nearby, and we can count on him for his support, much like I did when my daughter was in France. Jesus is there to support us. In Psalm 145:18, we read, The Lord is near to all who call on him, and to all who call on him in truth. When Jesus spoke to the disciples that day, he was essentially letting them know that they were too blessed to be stressed. He gave guidance on changing their perspective, challenging their assumptions, and seeking support. All things that psychologists agree can help us combat stress. While stress is a natural reaction to life's challenges, even the disciples experienced it. It's helpful to remember that we are all too blessed to be stressed. Jesus never promised that life would be easy. He knows it will be full of challenges. What he does promise is to walk beside us through these challenges. He has our best interest in mind. He is always there, and the Holy Spirit is available to guide us when we focus on the promises of Jesus. It is clear that we are too blessed to be stressed. Thank you, Bruce, for today's discussion. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. As always, if you have questions or comments, please email them to footsteps.hdumc at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, we invite you to worship with us at High Desert United Methodist Church in Rio Rancho, in person if you're in the area, or online at highdesertumc.org. My hope and prayer is that our discussion today helps you realize that you are too blessed to be stressed.